you ever felt like an ugly duckling? I have. When I was growing up, I was never thin enough. I recall my dad telling me I'd be beautiful if I'd just lose 10 pounds. It was always just 10 more pounds to find that elusive ideal of beauty. No matter how small I became, I could never quite reach that goal. With beauty came great responsibility, and I was never quite sure I was capable of handling it. You see, I was sexually molested by my stepfather when I was nine. His inappropriate behavior went on into my adulthood. I would try to never be alone with him, but he would always find a way to touch me. The power he held over me would reduce me to a frightened child. For years, I stayed away from my family because of the horror of being in his presence. My kids always wondered why we didn't go to Grandma's house very often. It took a lot of mental energy for me to visit, and I always had to have a plan to have someone in the room with me so he couldn't touch me. But he always managed to get next to me. I had several conversations with my mom about it, but she would never admit that she knew what was going on. Her inability to acknowledge what had happened to me made me feel like she didn't care or that she didn't even want me. What I have come to understand is that if she were to admit those vile things, the man that she believed that she married was a lie. It would have meant that her entire life was a lie. And that's a really tough truth to face. As I look back on my life, those abusive events created a love-hate relationship with food. I could lose weight, but I could never keep it off. It affected my confidence and my belief that I was worthy or deserving of love. I longed to be beautiful on the inside, but I always felt dirty and less than. I felt expendable because no one listened to my cries for help. Years later, I had aunts and uncles admit that they knew that something was going on, but they didn't feel like it was their place to butt in. Internally, I cried out, when is it not the time to protect a child? When is it not the time to stand up for those who don't have a voice? Why was I expendable? Why wasn't I valuable enough for someone to stand up for? What was lacking in me? I have grappled with those questions for years. Because of those experiences, I always felt like I had to work harder, to be more, and to be perfect. Perfection was the standard I thought I had to achieve to be loved, to be valued, and to be redeemable. Perfection and people-pleasing go hand in hand. They are the path that leads to losing your soul, to losing who you are at your very being. I believed that I wasn't enough as I was, so I wore masks and performed to get love and affection. These behaviors are killers of self-esteem and confidence. I began to believe the lie that I didn't deserve love, affection, or a sense of belonging. Shame made me feel isolated and set apart. Every aspect of my life was filled with shame. Shame began to rule my thinking. I became invisible. I didn't want my secrets to get out. I feared what people would think of me, so I shied away from relationships and being part of community. As a young woman, I didn't understand that shame couldn't survive in the presence of compassion. 
I didn't have a trusted support system to confide in, so I hid my shame for years, and it ate away at who I was. I knew that there was more to life than what I had experienced, but I didn't have a clear path of how to get there. I knew I wanted to inspire women with my story, but my story wasn't complete, and I didn't feel like I had the voice to tell it. I didn't think people would listen. I was just a hidden face among nameless women who had experienced similar stories. Then, one day, I began to think, who will speak out for these women who don't have the courage to speak for themselves? Who will help them feel visible and seen? Shortly after that thought, a friend asked me, if not you, then who? And if not now, when? I was terrified to share my story after so many years. The secrets I had held so close to my heart would expose me as being frail and weak. They would make me appear to be a victim. Those were not words I wanted to use to define myself. I have worked so hard to get past those dark days and to create a life where I feel whole and where I can honestly say I love myself unconditionally. I have intentionally forgiven the people in my life who didn't protect me, and I have restored my relationship with my mom. The past couple of years have been a season of new awarenesses, growth, and healing for me. I have realized that I had a pattern of using weight as a coping mechanism when I felt threatened. While journaling about my relationship with food and exercise, I began to connect the dots. Every major weight gain was brought on when I felt violated by an inappropriate encounter with a man. Immediately, I would run to food for comfort. Food was something I could control. It was a vicious cycle. Food provided temporary comfort, but it also induced guilt and shame stemming from my inability to stand up for myself. I knew I should be able to speak up, but the experience of being violated made me feel small and insignificant. My throat would close, rendering me unable to utter a sound, and I would flee as quickly as possible. This past year, this topic came up in a conversation with my coach. I was having a very difficult time being visible in my business. I hated the body I saw in the mirror every day. It wasn't the body I saw in my mind. It wasn't a body I wanted others to see. I didn't fit the media's idea of beauty. So she challenged me to write a love letter to my body. It was one of the most difficult letters I ever tried to write. I couldn't use any negative language. I had to give gratitude and appreciation for my entire being. I had to ask forgiveness for when I had abused my body by not eating right or exercising or taking care of it as I should. It was humbling and empowering all at the same time. I was part of a mastermind group at the time, and she said if I was really courageous, I would share my letter with our private Facebook group. That was one of the most vulnerable acts I ever took. I sat for hours staring at my computer screen. Should I or shouldn't I share my letter? Would I be judged by this group of women? What value would there be for me? Would the other women even be able to relate to my struggle? Finally, I said, go big or go home. I hit post and walked away. 
The fear of what might happen was smaller than the curiosity of what I might learn from the experience. The responses I received was overwhelming love and support. As I have shared that experience with others, it has given them the courage to tell their story and to suffocate their shame and compassion. It has provided a platform for them to share their struggles with body image and self-esteem. Telling our truth is how we get our power back. Shouting from the rooftops until someone hears us and believes our story is how we get our power back. Standing before our mirrors naked and not ashamed of our bodies is how we get our power back. Acknowledging that abuse is never our fault. Acknowledging that it was someone else's job to protect us and they let us down. That's how we get our power back. Today, I can share my story without attributing blame. I can tell my story without attaching emotion or assigning value of good or bad. These were events that happened in my past, but they no longer define who I am. The fact that I was resilient and never gave up is what defines me. I am an overcomer. I am a survivor. I am the hero in my own story. But the biggest life lesson I have learned from sharing my story is that I have a powerful voice. I can inspire women and men alike. Removing the shame from my story and just telling it as it crosses over the lines of race and generation and affluency. Everyone loves to root for an underdog, and they get to hear a happy ending. I was that underdog. I was the girl that everyone wrote off. Today, I have a voice that can speak transformation into the lives of others because I have learned how to love myself unconditionally. And through that journey, I have created a wildly happy life. I am the mother of four amazing adult children and one adorable granddaughter. I was their biggest advocate. I held space for them in ways that my parents did for me. Yes, there was a cost, but it was a cost worth paying. I have self-respect and confidence that I could only dream of as a kid. Because of these experiences, I have committed my life to helping one million women transform their lives by teaching them how to love themselves unconditionally, by helping them develop self-care strategies, by showing them how to revise their self-talk and become more self-compassionate, and most importantly, by improving their body image and redefining beauty. This is your time. Live your life out loud. Own your story. Be proud of the journey you've taken. It's never too late to rewrite the ending to your story. This is your life. You get to define what beauty and success mean to you. You don't have to be limited by how others see you or judge you. In fact, I tell myself, it's none of my business what others think of me. It is my business, however, to be better tomorrow than I am today. I hope that you will dare to be the woman that you were created to be. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. 
Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.